What is up, everybody? This is the Fantasy Football Breakdown Podcast, episode 191. This is going to be a fun show. Let's bring in Zero G himself, Mr. Swagzilla. What's up, dude? Oh, I was hoping you'd skip over me. No How's chance, brother. You are always here. My you are the rock. Second time talk. I don't want to be the rock. I want to roll. Okay. Then roll to our guest. You got it. Um, so we've got Kate and Michelle here from Ball, Plas- Ball Blast Podcast. I can't talk. Like before we started recording, I said I can't talk tonight. So, but thanks for having us, guys. Yes, I'll, I'll let you say your own show, or I'll slow down a little bit. We have Kate <laughs> and Michelle from the Ball Blast Podcast. Super happy to have you guys on. Thanks a ton. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Ball Blast Podcast. We try to stay on theme, so our last name, Maju, like most people can't say that. So we're just, we're trying to stay on theme here. I mean, I think that you should have to say it so many times fast, at least. Oh, yeah. And then if you miss it up, you you take a shot or something like that. Oh, boy. I I feel like that wouldn't help my talking problem. (laughs) It would not, but it would make for one hell of a show. I'd probably talk more than ever, and it'd make less sense. That sounds like a fun show we're going to do in the future. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm, I will be uh, happily attending that show again. Yes. What are you guys drinking tonight? What's that? What are you guys drinking tonight? I'm drinking my Imperial Orange from Blue Point. It's a uh, nine, 9.6% blonde. It's delicious. Ooh, that'll put some hair in your chest. I just Unfortunately, have, like, this... it hasn't yet, but I'm going to keep trying. I just have a <laughs> key lime bubbly water. Now that will definitely put hair in your chest. So. Yeah. So I'm getting real over here. <laughs> it's okay. I have a natural lime white claw. So I have my black cherry white claw. Yep. We're basically just made out of white claw uh, throughout this quarantine. Uh, I think we're 95% white <laughs> claw. Uh, I, my body's starting to reject it. Just waiting <laughs> for like, my sponsorship. It's like no more white claw, please. <laughs> it doesn't it, it's like as effective as my my uh actual non-alcoholic drink for you now yeah. because you've had so much of it i yeah. really think so yeah, yeah. literally our bodies just like day, anything else the other day kate accidentally took a sip of a non-alcoholic <laughs> seltzer and she's like oh that was not the right one i'm like just, <laughs> <laughs> just drink the non-alcoholic one she's like disappointed with herself yeah well it did it, t- it, it tasted very different uh, and it you know, There's no point for seltzer water. That, no, that there, there is that <laughs> just that disappointment when you're taking a sip of something, thinking it is one thing, and then it turns out to be another thing. Um, like the one day I, I had really bad allergies, and so I went to take a uh, allergy pill, and I go to take it with this drink that has a straw in it, uh, this nice tall glass of water. It was a vodka soda, <laughs> so. From the day before, yeah. From the day before. So I, I not only died um, because of that, but I also chugging this drink with my allergy medicine, expecting water. It was an old decarbonated vodka soda. So that's like where we're at in this quarantine process. It's fun water. That was a good sleep night, though. (laughs) Oh, seriously, I, uh, I barely woke up the next day. So we wanted to try to talk a little bit about some guys that we felt like were maybe being drafted at the ceiling ADP or some guys that we thought maybe wouldn't achieve that. Um, we'll, we'll still get there. But then Kate maybe. goes out. <laughs> Kate goes and throws up a tweet. Um, 
Let me see here. How long ago? Seven twenty-two. So it's, yeah. yep, it's been up about an hour and a half at this point. I and, dedicated that to you, boys. Well, first of all, We're there taking. there is not a player on this that I don't like. But I'm still going to start with what I feel like is maybe the hottest take on here. And it's somebody I love. So I'm going right to your number five. Zach Moss will finish 2020 above Jonathan Taylor. And I love Zach Moss, but I still think that's a hot take. It's definitely a hot take. So honestly, it it all comes down to me. Um, you know, what kind of workload are we expecting? I do think that Zach Moss is going to be more involved as a pass catcher. Um, especially just, you know, right off the bat there, um, you know, Singletary is not a, a fantastic pass catcher, but Zach Moss was actually pretty proficient in college. So I think he naturally slots into that role a little bit better than maybe a Jonathan Taylor does. Um, and, and, you know, why would the Colts force him into that role when they do have a good pass catching back in Naeem Hines? I genuinely just think, you know, on the ground, they, you know, might do similar things, but I statted Zach Moss out for a couple more touchdowns, but just more receptions overall. And so I'll, I'll take them all day to a PPR league, especially at the, um, you know, that discount. Because Jonathan Taylor, he's going at, you know, we want to talk about peak pricing in this this podcast. Sure, yeah. Jonathan Taylor is going as the, the RB22. So ahead of guys like a, a Mark Ingram, who I would trust more, um, you know, a Raheem Mister. a good seven rounds for Zach Moss. But I think you're even saying like, at the same cost, you're expecting Moss to outproduce Taylor. One thing I'll add to that is with zero preseason games, I don't see a world where coaches are just throwing their rookies, even running backs that can acclimate to the NFL pretty easily, just right into the fire, though, when they have good vets in front of them. And Devin Singletary, I do think, is a good vet, but he's not a guy that can just do the entire workload. So I think they're going to have to use Zach Moss. And now when you're looking at Indy, why would they not use Marlon Mack? He knows the system. He, you know, the, I, I think the coaching staff with zero preseason games is going to be playing Mack and Hines, and Taylor's going to have to earn his way onto the field, and it might just take him a little bit longer uh, than the Bills are, you know, waiting for Moss to get on the field. Moss is replacing Gore, at least some some touches there, where Taylor's kind of creating his own spot. Like, is that kind of? Yeah. I took, I took Taylor at three hundred one in oh. SFB. That's probably pretty early. And got Zach Moss at eleven oh one. So maybe I shouldn't have taken Taylor that early, but the, the just the difference there, uh, like you're saying, even if it's close, uh, maybe isn't worth it for Taylor. Not that he can, still can't produce up there, but if Jonathan, Zach Moss is going to get there, Jonathan Taylor was my easy, easy, easy RB one in in like dynasty rookie drafts. Um, he he's the guy that I would prefer to own in dynasty, even with my my love of Zach Moss. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if Taylor gets the role, he's clearly going to outscore Moss. It's oh, just yeah. about the role we expect. It's about get. the role that I'm projecting for each of them. Yeah. And I, I just think that there's enough pieces within that Colts offense that they're not going to force Jonathan Taylor into anything. But I don't think, it, like, TJ Yeldon isn't it. Is he even still a, a Buffalo Bill? He, he is. He is. Technically. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, yeah, I mean, I think Zach Moss instantly – yeah. I think he, if we have a season, I think he's instantly thrusted into that Frank Gore role. And yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing for him. And that doesn't mean like I'm throwing Singletary shade here, but 
I, I don't know, man. I kind of like this one. I'm having a hard time coming off Jonathan Taylor because I do think he can outplay Mac and that offense. I want to say had 2,200 yards on the ground. Um, but man, I, I don't hate this. So let's look at total fantasy points for the season. You can see it, right? Like if, you if, could see it. If this was a yeah, full yeah, off absolutely. Season, if this was a full off season of right. like twenty four preseason games, I would say you know Taylor can show his worth. Maybe it takes a couple games, but he'll outperform Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that Taylor doesn't even get the opportunity to show he's better than Mac for way too long. Maybe like a Chubb type situation where he mm-hmm. had to fight it with Carlos Hyde. Like clearly Chubb's the better running back. The coaches make stupid decisions all of the time. Uh, and what worries me, and I just don't think the Bills have another choice. Like unless you're going to give right. Devin Curry his 203 pounds, 25 touches a game, you're going to have to put Moss in there for at least a handful of touches. Yeah. <laughs> so where were you with Singletary leading up to the NFL draft? Were you because speaking for myself, like to so you know where I'm going? Like I I was kind of thinking like they they need to draft a running back. They need somebody like. I'm kind of a Devin Singletary hater a little bit. Um, so I was really excited about whoever landed there, but then to see it be Moss and somebody that fit the role that I think they needed to fill was awesome. I loved Devin Singletary. This is Michelle. Hmm. And it hurt my heart when they drafted Zach Moss there because uh, everything I love about, uh, love about Devin Singletary, Zach Moss does better. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this long thread about how great Devin Singletary can be in a lead role. But I said where he struggles the most is actually where people think he excels. And it's the passing game. He's one of the worst receiving backs. He was in college. He was in the NFL in terms of efficiency. Uh, so I felt like they could use Singletary on the ground as a lead back. But they needed to draft a, a change of pace back to be used through the air. And then they did like the opposite. They drafted a, a guy that is just a, a big dude that is in, he's great in every area. Devin Singletary is great. And that's what's so irritating. But, but he's, he's bigger. He's and bigger and he's a better receiver. So I have to believe, you know, there is a reason that Frank Gore couldn't convert touchdowns and he still got the goal line carries. Like, I don't know. There isn't a reason. The reason is the Bills coaching staff is, it is no, but not the, smart. The reason is that the Bills coaching staff didn't want to use Devin Singletary in that role. And it doesn't matter how much fantasy Twitter wants them to use Devin Singletary in that role because I was super high, super high on Devin Singletary last year. And it's, it's really amusing because all of the people that, um, you know, were sort of so against Devin Singletary sort of using him as now the reason that Zach Moss will never be the thing. Like, which one is it, guys? We, yeah. have, to, we have to establish a party line. Yeah, Singletary only had three carries inside the 10-yard line all of last season, and they all came in the same game. And it was like a, a game in the middle of the year. It's not like they decided to try mm-hmm. him at the end of the year. It was a game in the middle of the year, and then he never got a, another carry inside the 10 and they just kept giving the ball to Frank Gore. I think Gore had 11 carries inside the two, inside the two-yard line, and he only got in twice. Would the Bills that have beaten so the Texans if they fed Devin Singletary the ball? Is the real question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and guys, then Bill O'Brien would have been fired. I mean, you know what I mean? The effects is had that the Bills coaching staff wouldn't feed Singletary. The Bills would have won. Bill O'Brien would have been fired. DeAndre Hopkins would still be the, with the Texans. Like so many things. <laughs> My and, then, and then number four, would it make sense? And Terry McLaurin couldn't outscore DeAndre Hopkins this year. I don't think he was still there. Yep. But 
but that's not how that happened. And now we have Terry McLaren over Nuke this year. And let's not let's not uh, diminish the the importance of situations in football and uh, the stubbornness of NFL coaches because these guys, man, like they are like the quintessential fifty plus year old men who like they're set in their ways. Like let's let's not uh, let's not deviate from from the trends. Let's look at the trends. Let's look at the the fact that you know Nuke love Nuke. He's like my favorite wide receiver in the NFL, but. He's switching teams. There's been an altered off-season program with a, a young quarterback. I I think he needs to get at least 100 in, in what, 50 targets to be a top-10 wide receiver? Yeah. His average depth of target is so low um, compared to, you know, some other guys that you can look at that are elite wide receivers in the league. Like, Michael Thomas is actually even lower, but he needs the 170 targets to be as great as he is. And that's kind of how Hopkins is. His average up to target so low, we shouldn't expect that to go up at all in Arizona because Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald both had actually lower average up of target. Uh, 10, 10 yards for Kirk and 8 yards for Larry. So Hopkins, we can even see go down. He's going to need at least 150 targets. Depending on how many touchdowns he scores, he might need 160 to be a top five wide receiver. And that's where he's being drafted. I don't know if there's 150 targets to go to him with Larry still there with Christian Kirk demanding probably around 100 targets with Drake being used in the passing game. If you guys were looking for a transition into your actual show doc, yeah, he, he could definitely be somebody that um, I have Drake listed too. If that's where really? we're going. Oh, this this is going to be a very spicy podcast. I love it. I just I, I'm really shocked that Hopkins' price hasn't gone down. He's still going as the wide receiver four. I think he has way too much risk to be going there. I have him as my wide receiver 12, and it was a struggle to even get him that high. I, I think he really could struggle this year in fantasy compared did we learn, to what we're expecting from him. Did we learn nothing from the Browns incident of 2019? We learned nothing. We learned no. Too, no. Too high. <laughs> too high. I won't take it. I will take him next year, though. I will buy him off of all of you guys, all of you, uh, you know, naysayers, because – Y'all, y'all will be tripping at the end of the season, and I'm gonna buy him up. Wow, um, you think it's gonna be that bad? I do. Buying? Yeah. She's buying I'll, Hopkins, yeah. I'll buy Hopkins at the end of the season. At the end of the season, yeah. And I, I think that um, we are underestimating, like seriously underestimating the recency bias. We are very impatient people, very impatient, and I do think it's going to be. Uh, well, there's just Our some, expectations are so high. It's going to be impossible to meet them. I think it, there's just some wide receivers that need a ton of targets to be a top five wide receiver. It's not like Hopkins is targeted super deep. He doesn't have a ton of yards after the catch. He, he gets those. He just gets peppered with targets, and that's okay. He's a great it's wide not, receiver. But yeah, it's he's not, not to say the talent is different. It's not to say the talent isn't there just because you need volume. Um, oh, his hands are the best in the league, but. Yeah, but it, it doesn't mean that for you know fantasy production and actual NFL talent are are different things. That Blake Bortles was a top five quarterback. <laughs> yeah. God, I miss Blake. So, um, how many targets are going to Terry McLaurin? Uh, let me pull up my my actual projection. Because New can still go down and still finish ahead of Terry, right? So how do how do we well, get to Terry? Terry's target last year was much higher. So he doesn't need as many targets, uh, but I, I would expect who is he competing with with targets? Nobody. You don't yeah. know. No Steve, Steve Sims? Sims love. 
<laughs> no, I actually really <laughs> I mean, how many targets is he really going to steal? You had uh, Kevin Harmon, Sheldon Harmon just go down. Uh, there's no tight end there. Thaddeus Moss, come on. <laughs> chill out. And if Adrian Peterson actually starts and he doesn't get cut, he's not using the passing game. So it's Terry McLaurin or bust for that team. Yeah. Sure, but that's kind of how it was last year, too. I mean, he was a rookie. I, I like Terry a lot. And I can definitely see him taking a step up. There isn't anything there. That offense was atrocious last year and ran like the least amount of plays in the NFL in like the last nine or ten years. Like obviously that stuff's gonna get a little better. I, I just wonder it's a brand new offense coming in too. So that that's lots for everybody to learn, not just like, you know, a, a rookie coming in or something like that. Uh not that Nuke doesn't have to learn one on the other side. I'm just I think we, Terry needs to hit his ceiling and Nuke comes down a little bit and we're still kind of close. So I want to get to Terry way over Nuke. That would be amazing. I don't have him too far apart. I have him scoring three. I have McLaurin scoring three more points than Hopkins. Now, I only have McLaurin with 125 targets. I think that's super fair. Um, Mm -hmm. But like I said, his average up to target is just higher. His yards per reception is higher, uh, much higher. And then I have him scoring eight touchdowns because, again, he's competing against no one for those end zone targets. So even if the team doesn't score a lot, let's say Haskins throws 20, Who's competing against McLaurin for those touchdowns? Like, sure. Uh, so I have him around uh, close to 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. He's a little bit higher than Hopkins there. And let's not underestimate, too, you know, like we have the the departure of Chris Thompson, who, like, I know he's not, um, you know, obviously you, you want to follow the the talent, um, not the target chair, uh, specifically, shout out Peter Howard, but it, I mean, Chris Thompson's definitely a guy that's been involved. He's had at least 50 targets in the last four seasons. Like, that's um, not... Combined? Or did he even play that much? Sorry. Like, he did. Um, yeah, each of the last four seasons. Wow. Uh, uh, 2015, he had 48. So that just missed the cup. 48, yeah. 64, 54, 55, 58. Wow. That's a targets. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I want that opportunity. And I just think that, um, you know, the... The offense that we were looking at, you know, I know there is a new coaching staff, but you're going to have Dwayne Haskins in his second year as an NFL quarterback. Last year, you know, I I do not, I'm not, this is not a pro Dwayne Haskins comment, but he also was working with largely rookie wide receivers. He had Kelvin mm-hmm. Harmon, yeah. he had Terry McLaurin. Like, you guys want to know a crazy stuff? Their O-line was trash injured last year, too. It was, was terrible. Like, he was not put in a good circumstance i'm not totally throwing in the towel but let's hear a crazy stat for for the runs for the washington football team last year chris thompson was second on the team in targets oh my god i did not you didn't even think he played he was second yeah Yeah. only behind mclaurin wow i'm floored yeah so no one was helpful last year no one's gonna be helpful really this year we i think we all expect sims to be a bit more involved but chris thompson's gone Harmon was fifth on the team in targets. And Antonio Gandy Golden. Yeah, it's going to be rough for that offense, but it's Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin. Yeah. He, I actually might go up his targets right now because 125 doesn't even do enough. And I, I actually have him started out for 10 touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns in his rookie season with most of the time a, a rookie quarterback in the he NFL. missed a couple games in there too so he yeah. i think his his upside for for scoring potential is there and i i just think that he's he's this really interesting guy that nobody's talking about he's going as the wide receiver 25 right now and 
he he was actually he was just as productive as DK. Um, you know, he he was comparable to AJ Brown. But um, I think the interesting thing about him is that he you know Terry McLaurin didn't rely so much as uh, on yards after the catch or like all of his metrics are pretty average. Like for an NFL wide receiver, they're stable. They're stable metrics. Like AJ Brown, when I look at his yards after the catch per reception, that's not sustainable. Terry McLaurin's, I can easily project him for similar, similar. Yeah, he missed a couple games too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I definitely think that he's just he's a safer bet and he's going later. So one last thing to say on Terry McLaurin is, uh, like we just said, a lot of people are really high on AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, which we are too. I have AJ Brown scary high. I don't, and I'm not even high on him. That's confusing me. I have, a- <laughs> <laughs> and I did my projections. Sounds like you're super high on him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did my projections. I was like, no, why am I so high? <laughs> That's but- honestly why projections are so fun, though, because you really mm-hmm. you realize that your brain doesn't always match up with what the number's telling you, and sometimes it's yeah. a humbling experience. What I was going to say is, we're comp- like, if we're going to compare them, they're both going you know, a bit higher than McLaurin when they're both on offenses that really like to run the ball, and that can make Metcalf or A.J. Brown disappear in any game. They're a little bit more boom or bust. The Washington's not going to be able to just run the ball. Uh, their team's not good enough. They're going to be throwing in almost every game, be down in almost every game. And McLaurin's never going to just disappear because he's going to be needed. Yeah. Are you comfortable with Terry McLaren as your wide receiver one on a team for a redraft this year? Comfortable? Comfortable, no. no but if I got, you know, if I drafted him in like the third round and I got like an Alvin Kamara and a Leonard Fournette back to back. Oh, and I'm like, worst draft of all Kamara what? sounds great, but why are you grabbing Fortnite in the second? And then I would McLaurin take- in the third, that sounds way too early for all of them. No, I imagine uh, I pictured myself drafting at the 104, very specifically, in a non super flex. My dream draft would be. Who'd you take at 104? Kamara. Who did you imagine? Oh, ima- you <laughs> imagine yeah, Kamara at 104. Kamara. 104. Fournette. Round, I took Fournette. Fournette. End of the second is not. But he's going way later than that. So why not just wait till the third? All I'm saying oh is my dream draft. This is my fantasy. <laughs> is I would love to go Kamara, Drake, and then like an Amari Cooper in the third, and then grab Perry McLaurin in the fourth. That would be my dream draft. Congratulations. You're welcome. You've won the league. I know. I'm so good. <laughs> I think her fantasy draft was a little better, though. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it, felt, it felt a little better. I, I was trying better. to make myself feel better because Terry McLaurin is my first wide receiver in SFB in the seventh round. Oh, I think that's fine. Seventh round? In Scotty but Fish. My first wide receiver. So I think that's fine. I didn't take another one until the 13th. It was a weird draft. And that's so much different because, uh, I mean, in Scott Fishbowl scoring, a lot of wide receivers tend to fall a little bit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely different. But. Yeah, well, yeah, I haven't seen McLaurin go in the third in any draft. He's normally going in the fifth or later. So Kate's just really reaching on Fournette and McLaurin. Fournette's going in, like, the, the third at the earliest, early at the later. I mean, I, I could make a case Get for Fournette too. I get what you're saying on ADP, though, Michelle. And but I mean, yeah. even but after seeing Kate's tweet and how high she is on Fournette there too, um, I mean, I could see him finishing like that. Sure, I mean, he might not get the 100 targets, but I think he'll get more touchdowns. Yeah, um, and that's exactly what led. I mean, it's so weird to see Fournette drafted as the running back, like 15 or 16, because I'm. 
like when when hit like what are we projecting that off of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven last year, and even so if you nothing. take away forty targets, I don't think uh, and add a couple touchdowns, like he should still be an easy top twelve running back. So I don't really understand ADP either. Yeah, give me him in the second. I'm fine with that. So who are some other players maybe being drafted at their ceiling? Um, I think technically we've got through one. Um, <laughs> and, and that would be, you had to have known we kicked us off the rails. Do, do you guys say Nuck or Nuke? I know what you say too, Drink. You shut your dirty little mouth. <laughs> it's it's it, it would be Nuke. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Huh. It's actually Nuck. Y'all welcome back anytime. It's a, it's if it was Nook, it would be N-O-O-K. No, but Thank ask you. him. Ask him. I don't ask, care what he says. Ask says. the guy that owns the name. No. Yeah. Nook. It's something about the baby shit from his grandma, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like actually, it's a baby company or something. Yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> Three out of four right here just said Nuke, so <laughs> mm, that's how that's how society works. Uh, I'll say, looking at ADP, I talk about Joe Mixon too much, so I'm not going to talk about yeah. him, but... It, don't draft him as a running back seven. That's stupid. That's stupid. That's stupid. Crazy. You're still talking about him. I love um, it. I'll say DJ Moore, the wide receiver 10. Love the player. Yep, um, I have that. He doesn't score enough touchdowns, at least not yet in his career. He's shown us to be a – he hasn't shown to be a touchdown guy. And that's just that's just how some wide receivers are. And then we have this – I think everyone's going to come back to this offseason where – you just have no offseason, and if we're going to have zero preseason games, this is one of those teams that has a brand new coach and like all new coaching staff and a new uh, quarterback. Yep. Double whammy. Uh, they're going to have no time to really click and get together, and the offense could look so out of place the first few weeks. I think DJ Moore could get covered with targets. That will probably happen. I don't. I just don't see wide receiver ten though in yeah. the plan. Yeah. I will- Oh, um, I'm going to take Miles Sanders here as the RB8 in PPR format. Mm. Holy smoke. Yeah, he, he, his hype is off the hook high right now. That is, it's too high for me because I've never seen him assume a, you know, out, outside of his senior year of college, we've never seen him assume a full workload. And I don't think that we can assume. He's not Barkley, that's fair. He, he will never have a full workload because he is in a Doug Peterson offense. I will not trust it. It's kind Who of are you waiting to come in there? Two drink like Miles Sanders more than anybody, just so you know, I before will. we get into this. <laughs> yeah. Fair yeah. warning. Yeah, Fair warning. He's, who, he's who, all yours now. Fonte Freeman coming? Like, who, who are you worrying about here? bold prediction for me tonight. It is LaShawn McCoy, who – actually, he was your bold prediction last year, Michelle. Michelle predicted he would come into the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I'm saying LaShawn McCoy ends up in Philly, and he, he – can retire an eagle. That's fine. That's – He's he's gonna steal some carries this year. I'm saying uh, Lamar Miller. Just to keep it I'm ugly. not worried about another year. Get Lamar Miller. I hate you so much. <laughs> carries are carries, my Michael friend. Warren. Gross. Michael Warren. I actually really like him. I wish there was an off season for him to grab a spot on the team. We'll see. He's undrafted, so we'll see if he even makes it. I'm shocked he didn't get drafted. I, it's not like he was fantastic, but he had a pretty decent college resume. And he is that type of like a Jordan Howard where maybe, just Yippee. maybe, he could steal some carries. But probably unlikely this year. 
I just think you're you're looking at a, a guy who his offensive scheme has just been to to rotate running backs, and you know the the short span we did see where, um, you know, Miles Sanders, you know, assumed a full workload. It was out of necessity. You know, I, I just don't think that um, I'm I'm not projecting him to have that. You know, when I'm looking at a guy, I want him to have at least 215 carries, at least. I I would project him maybe around there. But too. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. not using him as an RB eight if I'm projecting him for 215 carries, no matter how how high the upside is. Same with Austin Eckler. I just yes, I'm not Eckler's on mine. Okay. I, it's it's honestly a, a really similar philosophy for me. If I'm if I'm relying more on your pass catching ability, I don't want to take you in the top ten. I just don't. Yeah. So I have I have. Can you tell me I'm finished. Both Drake, I, I have him at eight, at eight, Eckler at nine. I think you had uh, Miles at eight. Maybe those are a little off, depending on where we're looking. Did you just uh, totally submit like you're done with Miles Sanders after that? Nope. Like nope. I'm. I'm. She brought up to, uh, another player and Drake from before. They're all in the same mix. Uh, it's. I think. I feel like it's the same conversation. Maybe not. Boston I still like Scott my coming to get you. Stab it. Yeah. So. Like, where do you have Eckler and Drake being projected then for rush attempts? I have Drake way too high. Uh, Eckler, I have him as their running back 16. I have okay, nice. him getting uh, around 200 carries, 200 or something carries like that. But I have his targets going way down. I have his efficiency going down a little bit. Drake, I'm very, very high on. I don't think Chase Edmonds is a thing. Uh, I know he had one nice game. But he kind of reminds me of that Jalen Samuels from last year where he had one nice game when Connor missed and then he had a couple of bad games. It's kind of how it was with Chase Edmonds. Like people forget before he got injured in that next game he started, he was like eight carries for like one yard. That's off a little bit, but it, it was not a good start. Right, I gotcha. So I, I don't really think Chase Edmonds is in the point of still too much work. He'll be a change of pace back, that's fine. But Kenyon Drake, I think it's going to be heavily used, be the goal line back. It should be a decent offense. And he'll see the target. So I think he has a, a top five potential. And that's where I have him. So. so here I've got Drake for 233 carries, which I think is um, is pretty within the realm of possibility there. I have him for 254, so I'm higher. Wow. You are higher. I, but I, I definitely think, you know, I tried to temper myself there because I know I'm really high on Drake. Um, but we did see, you know, a slight downtick in, in Kenny and Drake's carries over the last few games. So I did. Um, I, I I, wow, dropped, really I do. I have Eckler for 154 carries and 80 targets. Mm. That's low. When has, 80 targets is fair. I actually have when has, targets. Sorry, but. what is Eckler's peak? Uh, oh, I have him at 224 carries. You have Austin Eckler at 224 <laughs> carries? He was on pace for that when Gordon wasn't there last year. And guess as soon as there was another human being on the field, they took that right away. He it's has never another human being is Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler has Austin Eckler has never surpassed 132 carries in an NFL season. They have never utilized him in that role until they had to. And they used him last year and he was on pace for 224 carries. Maybe that's why I put that. Do you like Joshua Kelly a lot or yeah. why, I, I think who do you think takes those then? Like I don't so I, I definitely here. Let me pull up, pull up the rest of my projections here. I don't have Joshua. Say Justin Robinson. Jackson. That'd be awesome. 
I actually, um, the bulk of the carries I've, I've gone to Justin Jackson. I just, Austin Eckler for me is a guy that I, I project him as being, going back to that receiving role. And, um, you know, I think especially under a, uh, a rookie quarterback perhaps that can run or a, a Tyrod Taylor that can run, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't have that that belief here. I have Justin Jackson with 103 carries, Joshua Kelly in uh, with 30 carries. Oh, wow. Super uh, offensively productive team. We have totally different. Joshua Kelly's one of my boyfriends. (laughs) I have Josh Kelly at 101 101 carries. Interesting. I have Justin Jackson at 68, so I have them right. Yeah, see, I'm more like that. I, I think I think you might be higher than that even, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. My concern, you know, I I have Hunter Henry with a hunter with 88 targets, Keenan Allen with 130. I, I think that Mm. this is going to be a, 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 you know, perhaps an offense that um, struggles. Yeah. Struggles a bit and is going to need to pass the ball. Cause I don't, I just don't see them um, being quite as efficient in a, a season with a new quarterback, whoever that might be. Um, without a Melvin Gordon, who really is that that guy that can pound it in the end zone. Um, oh yeah, she has them passing about a hundred times more than I have them. So we just see their offenses a little bit differently, which is kind of weird because we normally see eye to eye on a lot of things. But we it literally see- no, I like it there. I don't think the the offense will be efficient, and I think that's I think that the defense will be so good that they're going to run more. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're going to be great at it. I just think they'll try to run more. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. There is that defense good enough in that division. That division has made so many, you know, it seems like strides this off season. Um, and trying to increase their offense just to keep up with the Chiefs. I I can't let you get out without coming back to your tweet and and swags. I think tried to divert me from it, but I'm coming back, and now's the time because it's Hunter Renfro will lead the, the Raiders. Yeah, I'm all about that. Like, talk, And it seemed like all three tell, of you are, so now i got to fight all three yeah, of you. Yeah, I, I was – no, no, no. You, I'm out of this. I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i tried my hardest to talk him into Hunter Renfro, and I'm going to put it in here, then. your I hands. Um, and you have yeah. to be into Hunter Renfro. Do you know what? Yeah, do you know what? It, uh, there's an I, asterisk here, like, right? Because, like, the best – the most targets is super low and they're all really close. Like you don't have room for way out of from the other guys, right? Justin Jackson right. has started one game in his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> he hates Jackson so much. I love it. That's why I, I love I, he went that way. But to be fair, to Come be back. fair, the starting role, um, I mean Tyler Hickey's been a starting tight end for most of his career. I'm so. going to are we talking about Eckler still? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, accidentally. He brought accidentally. No, no accident. You I know we're going to move on to run for in a second, but I promise you, before it actually becomes a redraft draft season, I'm going to talk Kate into upping those Eckler carries. Mm. And we're going to have some talks. Is she yawns on no. you. What I want to run for is just because he leads the team in receiving yards, it can even be a big chunk. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to be a great okay. option. I Fair. actually like him as a sleeper, but like when we're looking, I keep bringing up this offseason, but if we're going to downgrade rookies, especially the wide receivers, that's pretty much the Renfro's competition. He's competing against Ruggs and Brian Water. Edwards, Edwards, who I really like, but it's going to take a second. Like, I don't think yeah. it's going to all come together this year. And, and Renfro fired it up at the end of the season last year out of the slot. 
Rain out of attrition when it was nobody was there left. I can't name somebody else other than Tyrell Williams who wasn't playing at the end. That was a receiver for them. So I'm different than Kate. Say Jones, gross. I think Darren Waller is still going to be really great next year. Yes. So I have Waller leading the team. She's lower on Waller. Perfect. So okay. Hunter Renfro is a little bit higher for her, and that's why we did this tweet thing. He'll lead in receiving yards, but I'll let her get the reason. Yeah, so I, that's, that's where I am. Is Waller? Waller's the only one that matters this year to me because the others are just going to be so jumbled up. So I'm glad at least somebody else here. I mean, you know. Hunter Renfro has done more in his short career than Justin Jackson in in his two seasons, <laughs> but you won't get over Justin Jackson. And both teams addressed the position because they were like, "This isn't the dude." The Raiders did it with a first and a third or fourth, whatever <laughs> Edwards was right behind him, right? The, yeah, yeah, fair. The, the Chargers did it with a seventh. We, to be clear, I do not have anybody, any receiving option, no matter what position. I have nobody on the, the Raiders actually exceeding 100 targets. I have nobody exceeding 1,000 receiving yards. I think this is going to be a very dilutional offense. I is that a word? Delusional? <laughs> I, I like it. it. I like it. Yeah. I'm in. She's smarter than me, so I was like, ooh, <laughs> nice word. Fucking show title. <laughs> I, I think this is uh, an, an offense that just honestly dilutes itself to the point where we can't uh, we can't string any of these guys on a on a week to week basis. It's kind of like um, you know, the the Cardinals last year. They were so many different, uh, you know, receiving options there. None of them were standouts. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see this year. I think we're going to see a, a dispersion of targets. Um, I do have Hunter Renfro leading the team in targets with 96. Um, he only, <laughs> he's only statted out for 849 receiving yards, which is why it's so hilarious that he's actually my leading receiver for the season. Uh, Darren Waller's not far behind him, 798. Um, and I, I do have Darren Muller, uh, you know, not even leading the uh, the tight ends and touchdowns this year. I, I'm not high on Darren Waller. Listen, Hunter Renfro had a really nice second half of the season. They didn't bring Jason Witten in for nothing. The last – he only played 13 games. And he his last seven games, he was on a pace for 103 targets, 1,100 yards. So his yards per reception is pretty nice. 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. He was pretty much the Derek Carr guy there in the second half of the season. I think he's a better PPR player. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess he, scored, he was on pace for nine touchdowns, but still. Among all rookies in 2019, Hunter Renfro actually ranked fourth in, in yards per route run per PFF, which is a, an outstanding metric in, in terms of, you know, just predicting overall, um, you know, stability from year to year. We have A.J. Brown, who actually was second. Ben Pell Bryant. Well, that, just, he didn't run any reps. So he yeah. seven reps. So <laughs> really going to be an outlier. Um, and then, and then Hunter Renfro. So he's really third because you can't count. And you can't. I'm count. counting it. Overmade Zacchaeus. Yes, that's also too small of a sample size. But if you make it a normal sample size, it would be AJ Run and then Hunter Renfro for those yards per route run, and then Terry McLaurin, who we were talking about earlier, which is nice. And uh, the Titans and Redskins made no adjustments to the receiving core. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. And I'm, I think uh, Henry Ruggs is a great offensive weapon for an NFL team. I think it's a great decoy I'm, for him. Exactly. Offense. I'm not excited so much for him in fantasy, at least not anytime early in his career. But I think he's a great weapon for a team to have where defenses need to know where Ruggs is. He's going to command be, attention. Yeah, command attention with that speed. 
So I think the other guys are going to have a great opportunity to be more open, to have more space. And I think that's great for Renfro in the future. I think that's great for Edwards once he gets more acclimated into the NFL. But yeah, I could see Renfro leading the team. I'm still on the Darren Waller train, but fair. I, I'm solely on the train of Witten comes in just to learn from Gruden and how to be a good announcer on Monday night, and that's the only reason. <laughs> um, that's analysis right there for you. I do think that uh, so I don't think Jason Witten's going to be fantasy relevant, but I do think he's going to be a giant pain in the ass for Darren Waller. I think Foster Moreau wasn't healthy enough, and they needed a second tight end, and they got a cheap veteran that can. Gruden likes vets, right? He can come in, he can help the young kids out. It's a cheap play. But even Foster showed up a little bit at the end of last year. Yeah, I I have Foster leading uh, Raiders tight ends in touchdown. Holy shit. I like that. Yeah, Foster's going to play. He's pretty injured. Well, I mean, he was, and then they they signed Jason Witten, so we're all thinking, there's, like, no news out there about Foster Morrow. It's so weird. His injury, like... I forgot him. His injury, (laughs) no one actually knows what it is. It's going to... Like, I don't know how they're getting away with this, not saying what it is. But are we sure he's going to be ready? Because of COVID. We don't need to say anything, but I feel like maybe that's the perfect... uh, smoke and mirrors well yeah. yeah but then there's the other side of that too though the the injured guys are the guys that have been allowed at the facilities so it seems like you might get a little bit more of an update because they've been allowed there for nothing. yeah still get nothing what it is 38 38 so old fart very old. yeah but he took a year off so by math he's only 37 this will be the first year without the Cowboys in a new system. In a new, you're, you're in, a new, in, a new, in a new system. Like we're talking about everyone else this year changing teams. Maybe we have to consider when and tight ends usually have a hard time with that. I'm sure he's 38 now. He knows that about he's fine. But I know we said no rookies, but I won't sleep good tonight unless I say that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is um, being drafted at his ceiling and then some. Whew, I feel better oh. already. You feel better already. We are actually... Um, I actually don't think he's being drafted at his ceiling. Oh, stop But it. he's being drafted... Wow. He's still being drafted way too high for What his is his ceiling for 2020? The thing is, but hold on. He's drafted, <laughs> drafted nowhere near his floor. So his floor could be so, so low. I mean, it just like he could, Damian Williams could keep the job. That's how scary he is. But I think his ceiling, if he were to take the full time job and if he were to start every game and get those 20 plus touches, his ceiling is a top three running back in the league. So I don't think he's going at a ceiling. I just think the chance of that happening where he gets the full workload in the rookie season is kind of a, a reach. There were a lot of ifs in there. But we can't. We can't. Sure. No, if he gets. This is one of the running backs. If he gets a full workload on his team, he is a top five running back at the least. He could be top three. He could be top one. Yeah, but, but, but I, we could say that for Jonathan Taylor or Dobbins. I mean, those guys are in offenses that twenty two hundred yards on the ground, thirty two hundred yards on the ground out of those offenses. They're not going to be using the passing game like Clyde Edwards Hilaire will be. I don't think they have that same ceiling. If they get the full workload. Well, if if Will Fuller gets a full workload, he is the wide receiver. No one said one. four. No, it's, <laughs> Will Fuller is better than DeAndre Hopkins. If Will Fuller stayed healthy, yeah, but that's a no. no. What is this show? Oh, no. I don't know what she said. So that is not what this show is. <laughs> 
Both the top fifteen wide receivers. Speak as may. Whoa. He's at home play healthy for sixteen games, so it doesn't matter. On a per game basis, after he plays one game, he's the best. Will Fuller is pretty good. I'm not drafting Edward Tiller either because I think his floor is so much lower than where he's being drafted. And if you waste that draft pick, it's going to really, really hurt. It's just too early of a pick. But just look at the guys who are going after Clyde Edwards. Like Todd Gurley, I, I think he easily yep. could perform uh, and yeah. see just as many touches. Leonard Fournette could see just as many touches. These are just yeah. as many players, for sure. The difference is Similar upside. Clyde Edwards Hilaire hits, you actually have a league winner. Like There's only so many actual league winners. I know we all use that term. Mm. But if Clyde gets the full role, he is a league winner. And you hit on a jackpot. If if Leonard Fournette continues the same thing he's been doing, he's a leader. He already runner. wasn't last year. And, and so I think what happens, though, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, and Two Drink and I were talking a little bit about this um, before you guys hopped on, is just like how Twitter might value something a little bit different than like another social media platform values might vary. But I think, it, I think that the majority of people on Twitter have the scenario, the narrative wrote that it's very close to Clyde Edwards Alaire's ceiling where enough the the other people other players like running backs not as many people have wrote those narratives so I, I think that the Clyde Edwards Alaire value is so increased because of how many people have wrote the ceiling narrative not necessarily that it's that much better but more people have have created that and for me uh Oh, I just think it's fool's gold. I think the Chiefs' backfield just isn't as prosperous as we want to make it sound like it has been. I am in. I think because man. they've had terrible running backs, including Damian Williams. Who I average, think that's fair. Two point eight. I love to say the stat in every podcast I can say it on because I'm such a Damian Williams hater. Uh, but he had 111 uh-huh. carries. 111 carries in the season. On 108 of those 111 carries, he averaged 2.8 yards per carry. Yeah, he, he's nasty. He's not good. He gets in the end zone a bunch because they give it to him at the one-yard line, and he has to fall in. And guess what? I bet you Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can fall into an end zone, too. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, we, we had the couple Jamal Charles years before he was injured. I mean, Jamal Charles was amazing. Don't get me wrong. I, I wish we saw him healthy longer. Um, and are then the same thing with Hunt? what's that? Are you just gonna ignore Cream Hunt? And no, no, you? I'm getting to him. But I wanted to start with like back the there. Kid. We had those couple seasons. <laughs> then we get to Cream Hunt. He has his amazing rookie season. Then what did he play? Eight to ten games, and he had 800 yards. It was looking like he was going to duplicate his rookie season, and yeah. then he goes away and. You need a you need a, a a talented running back as well. It's not just the offense. There has to be a talented running back. Talented. I do not think he, I think in on another team. I do not think he is the best rookie in this class. No. I think with his talent plus the team, I think his talent is close enough to the others. Now, I think Jonathan Taylor is the most talented rookie running back in the class. But I think Edwards is close enough that in this offense, it, it puts him up top. Yeah. And he's a 900-pound dog breathing like a psychopath right now. I told you, we don't have air, man. 
The dog is not going to die. It's just breathing like it's going to die. Hopefully. <laughs> I was telling the listeners, try to assure them. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring him into the air conditioning. It, we'll, we'll place him in front of a fan. For- no, it's it's really not that bad. But yeah, I, I just have a... I, into two drink, I just I sound like a huge broken record. I try to not even talk about it anymore, but I can't get all in on Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh, I I totally can't either. I'm writing up a small bit. Um, we've got a like a, a group article coming over on uh, Ball Blast. I think either tomorrow or Wednesday, and I my bit. Um, it, it's all going to be about guys to fade at their current ADP, and I'm actually writing about Clyde Edwards Alaire. So awesome! Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll be sure to send that on over to you guys. So no, you do yeah, out. yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, any other guys? Anybody wanted to mention that they feel are being drafted at their ceiling? One more I wanted to mention is Cortland Sutton. He's going as like the wide receiver eighteen. I still think that's way too early. Drew Lock uh, was really not great for all of his weapons in terms of fantasy points. I know he had that one really nice game, but still, it wasn't really nice for most of his weapons. He, he, his depth of target um, is very low. Drew Locke, it was very different than Joe Flacco. So Sutton was on fire with Joe Flacco, and he really just fell off the face of the earth with Drew Locke. So I'm a little bit more worried about him than normal. And then he has all this new competition with Jerry Judy and Kate Hamler and then Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant in his second season. I, I'm not touching Sutton. I'm surprised about how early he's still going. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that Michael Gallup fell so far down the ranks. I love him. And then Sutton is just staying right up there. I feel like they should switch spots. It doesn't really make sense to me. Hmm. Do you agree or no? Um, man, I'm, I'm not a huge Gallup guy. Like, he was one person that um, at the beginning of the offseason, there was a lot of Gallup love going around and I made sure to sell all of my dynasty shares. I like Amari Cooper more than most I've noticed and believe in CeeDee Lamb to kind of take over for Gallup eventually. Um, I, I just think that so much of what Gallup did came in the games when they were playing from behind last year. I'm curious if they keep that trend up or if they're in more games this year. And can he there's keep not that chair 5, away from yards. Yeah, there's not 5,000 yards through the air from Dak, maybe. What happens then? Um, there's 6,000 yards. still be a really good wide receiver, like for a rookie. And it would still be not any better than Randall Cobb next, like last year, right? Because Cobb had a secret 850 yards. Yeah. Better can Lamb really do than that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I really like Gallup. Um, I think he's going to be heavily involved. And that defense didn't get any better this offseason. They didn't go trade for Jamal Adams or do anything wild. They spent their first-round pick on offense instead of defense. So yeah. I expect them to be trying to play catch-up sometimes or having to throw to stay in the game. So I, I'm, I just don't get the difference between Gallup and Sutton. And Sutton's still going uh, super early. A I mean, lot higher, but yeah. Wide receiver 18, and I don't. I think that is just max, max. What ceiling. was Gallup? Do you have that in front of you still? Gallup is wide receiver 32. So oh, wow. That is a huge difference. 18 to 32. I'm, I'm fine with Sutton coming back to the pack, but are you expecting um, – Holy crap! Was Judy, Judy to take take some of that away with the rookie, where you don't expect it from CD and the Cowboys? 
I do expect it from CD. Like I said, he can he can be a great rookie. He can get 850 yards just like Randall Cobb did. He got his targets. Um, I think Lamb could be put into that same role. With Jerry Judy, you had no one as a wide receiver too last year once Emmanuel Sanders left. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, I guess maybe this is against my argument, my son was better when Sanders was there both seasons uh, because the first season he got injured and the second one he got traded. Mm-hmm. But once Sanders got traded away, he was competing for targets with Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick. So I do think even Jerry Judy as a rookie with no offseason is better than Hamilton and Tim Patrick. And then, the, and then we're talking about Noah Fant in his second season. Melvin Gordon is a better pass catcher than Philip Lindsay or Rice Freeman. And I think he'll be used a little bit more um, in that area. So I, I do just think overall he has more competition than he's had over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm totally with uh, Faden Sutton. I, I have Gallup on my list here. I have him as wide receiver 33. I have Hollywood at 32 and Marvin Jones at 34 on both sides. I I feel like I'm going to take both of those pretty easy. One for upside and what Hollywood is. And, and maybe it's still upside on Marvin Jones, but it's just me hoping he plays all the games and what Stafford does this year. How, how do you feel about Hollywood and Marvin Jones compared to where Gallup is? Since you, so, you seem higher on Gallup. Yeah, Gallup is actually my wide receiver 17. So Ooh, okay. Very high in Gallup. Uh, I have Hollywood Brown at wide receiver 33. I really like him this year. Uh, it does I, not sound like it. I know. <laughs> he might inch up. I still think that's, you know, he might inch up throughout the offseason. I might pick him up a little bit. There's so many good wide receivers, it's hard to get him up there. Uh, based on the offense, I think Mark Andrews dominates this year, so I have him leading the offense. Uh, okay. And then Marvin Jones, I have as my wide receiver, 29. Okay. So a little higher there. Yeah. And I love his value. I think he's, he'll probably be on a good amount of my team. I feel like Melvin Gordon's a pretty good value. I was actually just saying that to Michelle today. Yeah. Uh, and she said... I've heard yeah. some Lindsay love lately, too, so... Uh, <laughs> I said uh, whatever value he is, it's not low enough. I, I mean, honestly, any of these running backs, like, so if, uh, you know, you're looking at it from a, a value perspective, which, you know, if we're uh, considering, you know, the possibility for injuries with an altered offseason... Philip Lindsay is just a huge, huge value right now. Because um, what if if Gordon gets, if Gordon gets hurt? Yeah, which he will. Um, you know what what value does Philip Lindsay have? Also, Probably top top fifteen. Talk about fool's gold here, because you said that about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think Melvin Gordon with that really efficient twenty eighteen season is making him look like this elite running back, but he's really just mm. not. I mean, if you look at his crew stats, there's nothing that impressive. And then his yards per carry throughout his career have been really horrendous. 3.5, 3.9, 3.9, 3.8. That's four yeah. five seasons. He had that one outlier year in 2018 at 5.1. But one out of four five years, you have to consider that the outlier when the rest of them were in the threes. Now he's on a new team. I don't know if all of a sudden he just becomes this uber-efficient running back. So he's going to need a lot of carries. Drew Locke did not pass to his running back last offseason there was only a five game sample size for both Freeman's and Lindsay's targets went way down so if we're not counting on targets for Gordon and he's not efficient on the ground he's going to have to score a lot of touchdowns maybe he does but that's never anything I want to depend on from that Philip Lindsay's being drafted as the running back 40 in PPR leagues behind Tariq Cohen Jordan Howard Sony Michelle I would take Philip like I think Philip Lindsay's upside is 
is above all of these guys, especially in the PPR format. Um, you're you're just hoping, not hoping for an injury, but I, I think um, if an injury does occur, you have easy, easy top. Daryl Henderson being behind Lindsay and that's, Beretta that's so crazy. and yeah. Madison, that is so stupid. I can't. Melvin Gordon or Le'Veon Bell? Oh, Le'Veon Bell. I don't want to. Do I I think Le'Veon Bell is a secure workload. If not, I'm making a party in two minutes, so you'll have to. (laughs) (laughs) Where where are you with that, Two Drink? Uh, I'll take Lev. It's a little safer. Oh, I haven't been on PPR this whole time, guys. (laughs) I I mean, Melvin Gordon's a better PPR back than Lindsey and Freeman, right? So even though Locke didn't pass to it last year, like it doesn't mean he won't this year because he has a better person there to do it. Maybe maybe Lindsey and Freeman suck at that. Uh, I, I have mean, Gordon as my running back twenty one, and I have Bell as my running back twenty four, which I will be moving up just a little bit because I see a running back I need to move down. So who are you moving down? Who's the yeah. loser here? What a jerk. Down. I had him as nice. my running back 22. He's going to move down by a significant amount. I like the, that. He's been coming out lately with Ronald Jones and just the team. The team yeah, seems push to him way out. If we can say we accomplished one thing here tonight, that's going to be <laughs> we it. Got rid of Keyshawn we, Vaughn. we dropped Keyshawn Suck Vaughn down though. a little bit somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's going to be pretty much straight up split backfield by midseason. So I don't want really any of that Tampa Bay. Uh, running back situation. So Bell will move up just one, but I still have Gordon higher. So I guess Gordon. But yeah, I- Keystone Vaughn should be on the list if he was on anybody's before. Because if it's it's higher than Rojo, like it shouldn't be. Stop it. And it feels like it's way higher. Yeah, it's a good amount. I'm looking that up. I need to go in there and change some things around. Yeah, flip flop those. That would be dope. Nobody else? It's definitely not going to be my running back 22, but I'll move him up a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. All right. You don't have anybody else swags? Did you even give somebody? I, feel like you I, I think I gave somebody. I feel like I, I talked. I did good with my words. I You did better with words. Bravo. Better is good. Bravo. Better, <laughs> <got> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. You know? All right. I guess it's that time then. That was fun. I, I feel like there's more people on this list, but we'll save it for next time we fight y'all. Like Raheem Mostert. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, no, we love him. Give me Raheem Mostert. Yeah, we love Raheem Mostert. I think it's great now with the news. It's fine. When you were doing it before in like the third, fourth, that's crazy. Don't do it. But But now after he says he wants to get traded, even though he's not going anywhere and he sees him close to the seventh, eighth. Okay. It's fine there now. He made amends though. So look at Raheem Mostert. He's going to be back up on the upswing. See, you're going to push it back too far again. The upswing of a 28-year-old running back. I'll just you'll make me take Tevin Coleman a couple rounds after. That's fine. No, no. <laughs> I mean, me. You don't have to. I'll wait for it. Yeah, Please do. do. I'll keep taking. So, just I'm just going to keep waiting for that running back three and four with my Zach Moss and Daryl Henderson every time. I own them in like literally every single league. So if they both bomb, I'm going to bomb. <laughs> but not really because you're waiting so long to do it. Like if you're yeah. not taking any running backs before that, then sure. But if if that's like even your RB three, you know what I mean, and it doesn't hit, then sweet. And if it hits like you said it will, then it moves even up higher. Then it's it's a win. They're using my four and five, so that's okay. Yeah, so it's 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 definitely worth the upside of what you believe it to be. 
Henderson's one, I, I think Swags is much higher on Acres than even I am. And we kind of wrote Henderson off last year before the year started. Then the year kind of showed us. So I'm not getting two minutes yet. I need I need some explanation on Henderson. Why are you so high on him? And what do you think he takes? Because if you look at any go through history, any running back that was stuck behind an elite back, they didn't get the chance to rookie season. You don't just okay. get an elite back. So that's why he didn't get the carries. And I think Henderson and Malcolm Brown are completely two different backs. So I'm not Agreed. sure that he didn't beat him. Like if they need an athletic back out there that could catch the ball, they're going to use Todd Gurley, who they're paying yep. a lot of money, who's one of the best running backs in the league, even if he struggled last year. Like, they're not going to be like, ooh, we need this type of player. Let's put out Henderson. Like, that's not how it's going to go. But if you need a Malcolm Brown type or that can get you those tough yards, then you put him out there and they use them on the goal line. So I'm not worried about him not beating out people last year. If you go back and watch his, whatever, 39 plays, he had, like, 15 really so impressive explosive. plays. Like, even if it was a six-yard gain, like, he worked his butt off to get those. And if we want to talk about how well he performed, he was just as good in every metric as Gurley was. That whole backfield struggled because the line was so bad. So I don't think it's fair to just look at his metrics one-off. Compared to everyone else in the backfield, he did just as well. Um, he excelled in yards after contact. He excelled, excelled in avoided tackles as much as you can off of 39 carries, but that's what he was getting in college. And it showed just off those 39 carries, his uh, percentage of avoided tackles and his yards after carry per attempt were some of the best in the league, just small sample size. But I, I really like the player I saw. Did you know Cam Akers played behind a bad offensive line? And another one. I mean, historically, if you're inefficient in college, you're not efficient in the NFL, it doesn't magically get better. I went through about 10 years and nobody got better or no one became efficient when they weren't efficient in college, except for Le'Veon Bell, who lost 20 pounds um, right. in his rookie season to his second that season. first year was trash. Yeah, he was super inefficient his first year until he lost that weight. So there was actually an excuse for him. And uh, I don't I don't get the whole Acres love, but it is what it is. I don't think his this job just going to be handed to Acres whatsoever. Uh, I could see it like the the situation in Atlanta a handful of years ago where everyone wrote off Devonta Freeman because he didn't get to play with Steven Jackson there. Like mm-hmm. obviously Steven Jackson was elite. Mm-hmm. Then Steven Jackson leaves. They draft Tevin Coleman in the third. All of a sudden it's Tevin Coleman's job. Uh, Devonta Freeman had no chance. And guess who won the job? So we have no idea who's going to win it yet, and Henderson in the 11th and 12th is a steal. That's I, I like it, especially if that happens. That's huge. That's, yeah. I still yeah, have I a couple Henderson shares, out. even after trading acres away. Somebody didn't want the Henderson share, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll keep it. <laughs> yeah. So that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I, to I, I you. Yeah. Cam Akers, or do you Even want cheaper that way? They're going like eight rounds difference, and first, anyone to be that confident that he's winning the role, like that seems crazy. And I don't even know if he has to win it to have value. It's going to be a. They have said since the end of the season, since they cut Gurley, we want this to be a running back by committee. We want it to be a running back by committee. They have said it nonstop. So then they draft a guy to be in a running back by committee because why would you ever think Malcolm Brown's going to get? 150 carries. It's not going to happen. He's Malcolm Brown. 
So they draft a guy that can be a part of a running back by committee, and then everyone's acting like, oh, he's he's the next girl. Like, like they're telling you exactly what they want to do, and they did it in the draft by drafting another guy that can be a complement with uh, with Daryl Henderson. Last year, they compared Henderson to uh, Elvin Kamara type. So they want another back to be used, kind of like how they do in the Saints. I could see Henderson mm-hmm. in that same type of role. Maybe he's not as good as Kamara, but he's going to be given the shot. And I really like his talent. I think- or they, or you, all that coach talk, like you, they, they talk really good about their rookies, no matter what. Because I mean, I, I didn't see Kamara even with the limited touches and how well he did. Um, I, I just don't see a scenario where you're getting this coach talk without any activity going on. And they're just like, and we really blew it on Daryl Henderson last year. You know, I don't know. So I think we'll have to see what transpires on the field a little bit. So bad. Then why are we so confident in their scouting this year on a running back? Because they moved up from the 94th pick to the 70th pick last year to pick Henderson. That's 24 spots. They had to give up another yeah, third. Yeah. They mm-hmm. two thirds on Henderson. And everyone says, well, Akers has better draft capital. Because of 16 picks difference, when they had to use two thirds. Well, I, I think he was a better prospect in a, in a draft that had more talented running backs, whereas last year the, the running back draft, pool wasn't quite as great after like David Montgomery you you got through those first three and every we've been waiting for 2020 since before we knew COVID was going to hit I mean this the top five running backs in this draft class I mean were arguably better than Miles Sanders or Jacobs or anybody I'll say just because Akers went as early as he did doesn't mean that other NFL teams viewed him that way they just have to have one team high on him and they clearly, if you're saying Henderson isn't talented, they missed last year. So for you being so confident that they know how to scout all of a sudden this year with the same exact people is, fair. you know, not not completely fair to Henderson. And then, I mean, they took Van Jefferson, like, what, 10 picks later? And that was way higher than we were thinking that Van Jefferson would ever go. So, again, yeah. not high on Van Jefferson, even though he went so high. And it just takes one team to take this wide receiver so high, like a Van Jefferson, and who knows how far he would have fell if the Rams weren't high on him. Sure. Especially with a foot. Yeah, he could have slid. I like it. Yeah. All right. Now. Now, now it's time. Now. Did I say it like that? Is it now? Now. now. Yeah, I, it had a little, it had a little twang, I think. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah you know, a little bit. Sticks of Florida. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's two-minute breakdown time. So, Kate and Michelle, I normally Swags and myself come up with 12 random questions. Unfortunately, these are all Swags questions tonight. Oh, goodness. Don't, no, just kidding. They're all mine. <laughs> he, I don't even know help. what they are. He was being a jerk. I he didn't want to help. Today. These are all mine, so I apologize. Some are fantasy. Some are random. Some are, like, stupid dad jokes, I think. Yep. I uh, dad jokes. You have two minutes to answer after I ask the first question. You'll hear a sexy voice. And then once that finishes, jump in. Okay. Uh, this is difficult with two people because I want both of you to answer each one. So I'm going to go as fast as I can with the question. And we'll Therefore, answer very fast. Very fast. First okay. initial gut reaction is what I'm looking for. Okay. Um, if it's really bad, I'm only going to make fun of you for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Uh, Swags, are you ready? I am ready. Ladies, you're ready. We're ready. Born ready. I get the easy part of this job. Uh, you know, you do all the work after. Late round guy that tends to end up on most of your teams. 
Hit it. And now, your two-minute breakdown. James Washington. Rashad Perryman. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, Chicago. Uh, Denver. We, we're U.S. people. We, 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 we're not very adventurous. Yeah. Best chance at finishing fantasy number one at their position. Todd Gurley or Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, oh, Juju. Todd Gurley. He would have been the wide receiver, too, in his points he scored in 20. Yeah, she picked the other one. Last song you jammed out to. Oh, uh, something Sam Hunt, because we just had Sam Hunt radio on. Yeah, same. I was in the room with her. I don't know what Sam <laughs> Finland has enough trees that they could get everyone in the world how many trees? Four. Um, a half a tree. Ten trees per person. Wow. <laughs> in the whole world. I don't know Born that. Of trees. <laughs> Favorite movie to quote? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mm, I actually don't know this. What, what would you say mine is, Michelle? Probably Harry Potter. Um, or Bridesmaids. I love Bridesmaids. That's a good one. Rank, cool. rank for PPR fantasy points this year. Devin Singletary, Carrion Johnson, Marlon Mack. Who will score the most? Yep. Yes, um, I think you said it for me. I'll rank him. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not high on any of them. I'm going to go Mack, Singletary, Carrion. Strong. What do dentists call their x-rays? Tooth, uh, do it. Tooth, uh, do it. Tooth something. Um, I don't know. Toothpicks. You were so close. Ah! <laughs> 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 it's mid-July. Mid What's your Super Bowl prediction? Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens versus the Saints. I like it. I'm going Seahawks. Uh, Chiefs. That'd be really fun. That was question nine. You guys got really close. Um, Wait, you get the last one? Well, I'm, yeah, because I want to, I'm asking you the rest of these. Uh, but you don't win, I guess. What's one place everyone should visit if they come to your city? Ooh. Um, I think they have to go to a Steelers game. That's a lame question on a football pod, but there's nothing like it. The atmosphere, it's amazing. Um, I'll actually, slightly different. Um, we've been on the, like, the Heinz Field tour. It was really really cool like you got to go um into like the Hinesville locker room and and um walk on the field and all that stuff it was pretty cool i like both answers question 11 tyler higby finishes as tight end blank this year Four. Oh, nice. that's that's close enough last question if candy crush instantly vanished what would you play at night to help you fall asleep <laughs> Uh, the world's smallest violin because I'm so sad. We normally listen to TikTok if that's, that's not a game, though. Or listen, normally watch TikTok. No, I'm counting that. Okay, cool. We watched TikTok. Done. So what close. You, you guys lost, but it was great answers. <laughs> and uh, I have decided. For, there's two of us that have to answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's very tough with two. It's, it's quite tough with one, to be honest. I tried to make the questions um, more easily readable by me. Readable, read, read, we're going readable, yeah. Um, but uh, because you both had to answer, but it's very tough. Most people don't finish if I play my part right, just saying. And uh, I, I have yeah. I have decided to play my part in this, and I've placed you in Kansas City because it's kind of an in between of Chicago and Denver, so that I blame you two for that, unless you could decide on one place you're but going you could to go Kansas to City. Game. Yeah. So then it works, and we're still there. Yep. Perfect. Hang out with my my dude Patty. There you go. I I don't even know the word you said, but we'll hang out with that person. I like it. Patty. Um, Patty, dude. Pat Mahomes. 
Yeah, man. Oh, patty. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> not that's my fault. He thought you were like patty cake, patty cake. I heard cake patty, and I was like, that's a weird nickname for a person. And they got a lot of tattoos. I'm not going to make fun of them. Um, I didn't hear it. So thanks a ton for coming on, both of you. Um, super easy uh, show right. for the most part, outside of what he just said the last five minutes. Tell him <laughs> everywhere you are. It'd be easier for you to help me. You. Mm. I know. I, that's what I'm here for now. <laughs> you guys have been absolutely awesome. Um, I'm Kate. You can find me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BallBlastM. BallBlastEM. We are working over, um, I'm writing for Roto World 4 for 4, and we just launched a badass website. BallBlastFootball.com. Nice. <laughs> Did echo, you guys like time dope. that out? Like where you're no, like three, yeah. two, one. Like, well, you edited it that way. Jesus. So good job. Do you want me to try to clip that out and send it to you so you can put it at the beginning of your show or something? <laughs> Boom. Yeah, that would be great. Freaking no, perfect. We just uh, joined forces with the Red Shirts yes. the, uh podcast, so we're working with those three great gentlemen. Uh, producing a ton of content. We have some writers um, also producing great content on our website. So we're pushing out stuff every day, a few articles a day. Uh, we both have a podcast that we release at least one episode a week. Um, we do some live streams. So just come check us out on Twitter and you can find everything that we do, um, all of our links there. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah, thank you. Definitely. He's at Swagzilla, zero G, spelled out. I'm at FL2 Drink Minimum, and this is at FF underscore Breakdown. Michelle, you're very Snell, yeah, right? I'm very smelly. Snell, yeah. Benny Snell, Snell, yeah. Oh, I don't like him, though. <laughs> smelly. You are smelly, I guess. Just because I called you smelly before I asked? Right. She was I, was that I you then, Kate? Am I getting you guys mixed up? No, I just am saying that Benny Snell will lead. They're both smelly. Connor goes down. It doesn't mean I like him. But he's uh, <laughs> really back. It's just like last year. It wasn't good for fantasy. But, but yes, really uh, we don't have air conditioning. We are smelling. Yes. <laughs> Oof. Long day at work. No AC. They are definitely smell, yeah. <laughs> uh, Is the music still going? Yeah. Bonus question. You have to permanently move. You only get to pick Michigan or Florida. Um, Florida, I guess. Yeah. We've been there. We've, we've lived there. We already lived in Florida, so I guess we'll go back. I feel Later. like you picked up. I, I felt like Michigan was a ringer. Like, I don't even want to say this time of year, but like this time of world, I felt like Michigan was a ringer. This time of like, disease. <laughs> like, they were like, nope, still coming to Florida. Michigan's we, like the most underrated Florida, state. So, I, and I don't want to go back to Lake Effect Snow. Oh, no. so you know what it's all about. Yeah, it's disgusting. I I dug my car out of snow piles most of my collegiate. <laughs> oh, that's I don't want to ever do that again. It's not that bad. It's another one for Florida in the books. Ugh. I need to start keeping a tally. I feel like I am destroying you. Yeah, it, it's got it's enough peas. Like only one or two people have ever picked Michigan. Yeah, but like, like you know, we're not ha- like I feel like a lot a lot of people would be happier about Florida than we are. I am not happy about resulting to Florida. That's not the question, though. 